Welcome to the Flower Lovers Podcast. I'm your host, Ann Stocky, a former flower shop owner, floral designer, experienced gardener, and flower teacher. And I'm really excited to help people like you, the average everyday flower lover, get really good at flowers. Whether you're a longtime flower person looking for inspiration or you're just beginning, this is a great place for you. With over 23 years of floral experience, I'll be here each week to teach, share, inspire, and motivate you to create florals for your home efficiently with confidence. Consider this your weekly dose of flower school. Count on me to help you create pieces you love with the right tools, resources, and step-by-step instruction. If you want to know which flowers to buy, when and where to buy them, and how to use them for your next party or event, your next family dinner, or just hanging by the fireplace with your dogs, I'm your gal. Want to get good at flowers? Join me for flower class starting now on the Flower Lovers Podcast. Hey gang, welcome to episode three of the Flower Lovers Podcast. This week's episode is prom corsages and boutonnieres. Can I just do them myself? Can I just make them myself? Today's episode is for those of you who want to know more about making corsages and or boutonnieres for upcoming proms or for any school dance. By the end of this episode, you should be able to decide whether or not now is the time to try your hand at the DIY corsage and boutonniere project. By the end of this episode, you will have enough information to make that decision and also to maybe even get started. I'll start with what they are, when we need them, then I'll share my detailed thoughts on when you might want to make them yourselves. Then I'll tell you when you definitely do not want to make them yourselves because there's definitely a time and place for DIY flowers and there's definitely a time and place for hire the professional. After that, I'll tell you some of the tools I think are most important, and I'll share 10 different flowers and five different greens that are most often available and work well for corsages and boutonnieres. And for those of you who want all the images in one place, I've got a beautiful cheat sheet for you at angstocky.com forward slash episode three flower guide, episode three flower guide. It's a number three, all lowercase. Or you can find the images on Instagram at Angela Flower Teacher. I put them all in one carousel post, meaning you just swipe from left to right to look at all the images in the post. Okay, let's start, you guys. Corsages and boutonnieres are used for celebrations, for honoring, for anchoring us into certain times in our life, and for establishing beginnings and establishing endings. Most often, the first time people wear flowers is in high school at a dance, either a sweetheart dance or a Sadie Hawkins dance or a prom. After high school, the next time we wear flowers is at a wedding or a groom's dinner or at a party where we are the honored, like a baby shower or wedding shower. We wear flowers when we participate in other people's weddings, helping to usher in a union of two people and the beginning of two families joining each other. We wear flowers when we celebrate those marriages with anniversary parties. We wear flowers to celebrate a job well done. We wear flowers when we are beginning things, and we wear flowers when we finish things. To me, it's quite a beautiful tradition. If you think about it, flowers in general help welcome us into this world, and they bid us farewell when we leave. It's like they help pave the way for our next steps, the next road that we're about to go down. Whatever those steps are, whatever that road is, corsages and boutonnieres are a part of that. 
flowers are a part of that. Okay, so moving on. That's the magic and the beauty and the tradition, right? What you guys probably really want to know and what a lot of my friends and flower friends want to know is, what would it take to actually make these corsages and boutonnieres like at home for some of these events we have going on? And do I want to? Is it possible? And if it is, how can I make sure it goes right? When would be a good time to try making these corsages and boutonnieres on my own? And when is it best to have the flower shop do it? As a former flower shop owner and as a person who has made thousands of corsages and boutonnieres, here are my thoughts on when DIY might work and when it's probably not the best time for DIY. Let's use the upcoming example of high school prom. I'm just going to really like be thinking about prom as I talk about this entire topic today. Okay. So, and before I go on, I do want to say a little bit about how this particular episode is organized. First, I'm going to tell you four conditions that I think really need to be met before a person decides to make corsages and boutonnieres for events. Then I'll talk a little bit more about each of those conditions and why I think those conditions need to be met. Then after that, I'm going to give you a list of flowers and greens that work really well for corsages and boots. So the first half is, do you want to do it? And the second half is, hey, here's some stuff you might want to get. And really, the links to everything are in the show notes. Here are my thoughts. You can make your own prom corsages and boutonnieres if, number one, I've got four of these, okay? Number one is you've got to have time. This stuff takes just more time than you think it's going to take. Number two, you need a cold place to store things, especially if you're making a bunch. Number three, the timing really needs to work out. And number four, you really got to want to do it. You got to have some good creative energy going. Let's do a deeper dive on each one of these. Number one, you have time. Here are just like some of the steps that you need to take time to do in roughly this order if you want to be a prom corsage maker. Uh, first, you're going to need to determine which colors and flowers the prom goers want, which usually requires conversations, some texting, a couple images sent back and forth, getting a first choice and a second choice, and not usually promising that you can get anything or do anything because most often you don't quite know if you can get a certain color or do something with a certain color. As a consumer, your ability to get a specific color of flower is pretty limited. You can, however, have the prom goers, if you have some prom goers, they can go like purchase a ribbon or ribbon color if they really, if they really want to dive in and be part of it. Um, Sometimes the girls like to match their dresses to the ribbon color and they like to get the ribbon. Great. And you can mix that with white flowers and greens. I think it just depends how involved you want to be and how important the flowers are to the prom goers. Now, for some of you out there, you're thinking, oh, yes, I'd love to do this. I'd love to talk about this. I want to talk about dress color and ribbons and flowers like this sounds so fun. I want to have conversations about it. And then some of you are already thinking like, no, this is a no. I am already down. I'm already out. <laughs> I'm not interested. These kids just got to figure out their own flower situation. So if at this point you're already out, that's just fine. Like sometimes the flower part of prom can be a little tricky. There's a lot involved. I mean, literally step one, there's already a lot involved. There are all sorts of, you know, emotions and teenagerisms going on during prom time. So no one blames you if you're already thinking about calling the flower shop. 
If that's you, though, I suggest calling the flower shop kind of early. Prom weekends get so busy for your local florist that the last-minute orders aren't usually an option. So try for seven days ahead. So if you have prom goers, put a little note on your calendar. Order seven days ahead, even 10 days ahead. I always loved when somebody came in two weeks early. I'm like, oh, you guys are organized. You're on it. Okay, the real flower lovers, really, they did order kind of early, and they usually got just what they needed. It gave us time to order ahead. A lot of proms are happening at the same time, so prom flowers are really at a premium, kind of that in that month of May. Okay, the next thing that you have to like make time for, I have this list of things that you need to make time for, you guys, because bottom line is you need a bunch of time if you're going to create corsages and boutonnieres for people. Um, this next thing is you got to locate and purchase the flowers. So you know the colors, you maybe kind of know like the style. You've asked, you've had some conversations, maybe you've seen pictures of the dress, maybe, or or the suit or whatever it is. Now you got to locate and purchase the flowers. And this often requires a couple trips to the flower store, either your local florist, grocery store, your Trader Joe's, your wholesale warehouse, like Sam's or Costco. You, you got to like see what's out there. And most often you kind of need to buy the flowers like Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Like I wouldn't be buying flowers on Thursday for an event that's on Saturday. I mean, that's just me. I'm I'm thinking ahead. I'm like gal who's like, I've got it all like way backed up so that everything works out really well. I mean, I'm I'm suggesting that you kind of get your ducks in a row for purchasing your flowers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for a Saturday event. Okay, so that's something you have to do. You got you got to find the flowers. You got to go somewhere and find the flowers. Okay, the next thing you need to do that you need to make time for, you got to hydrate the flowers so they're happy before they go into the corsage and boutonnieres. So basically you buy the flowers, you bring them home, you hydrate them. means you get them in water, you get them fed, you get them some food, you take care of them a little bit, let them sit out, let them kind of open up a tiny bit, get them really happy. Okay, then the next thing you have to have time for is you got to make sure you have all the tools, like actually having the tools, going to the store, getting the tools, like you need specific ribbon, right? You need it to be the right width. You need pins. You need wristlets or bracelets. You need some wire that's like the appropriate gauge or, or kind of thickness. You need wire cutters that work that aren't broken and rusty. You need flower snips. You need a scissor that will cut your ribbon and make a really nice crisp cut. So it has to be a good quality ribbon, probably from the fabric store. Well, it can be from Target too, but you need some floral glue, which takes a minute to either find or order. This is like a must in my book. You, you have to have floral glue. It's called cold floral glue. You might want floral spray. That's if you're making a lot of them. You might want some floral spray and then you might want some packaging, like something to put it in, to transport it in so that it looks nice when like you've done all this work. You kind of don't want your person just showing up with like, okay, here's a flower. Here's a flower arrangement like in my hand. Here's a tiny little like flower bouquet on a wristlet in my hand. Usually you want to put it in a really pretty box. Maybe there's a ribbon around it. Whether you create it yourself or you get packaging from the craft store or flower shop, packaging really is helpful. I mean, it makes it just that much more special and it sort of protects the flowers as well. You guys, the other thing you need to like make time for is you got to set up a station and kind of block time to create the day before or the night before the event. You also need to make 
time for cleaning up because for some reason this job gets so messy. I think it's because you're just not really used to doing it and there's so many things involved. I mean, you need this over here, you need this over here, you need this over here. You really need to set up a station and then that station needs to be cleaned up. I mean, unless you want to leave it out, that's fine. But my family's like, oh, mom, get your flowers out of here. Okay. Um, so, so that's like just, you guys, that's just the number one thing. You got to have some time. And then I listed a whole bunch of things that you actually need the time for. Okay, so you can make your own prom corsages and boutonnieres if you've got some time. The number two thing, you can make your own prom corsages and boutonnieres if you have a cool place to store them after you make them. I mean, unless you've timed it so perfectly that they're going right to the event, you really need a cool garage or a cool lower level room to put them in. They would most likely enjoy being at like 40 degrees. I mean, sometimes we put them in our fridge and make sure it's at like 38 or 39. Most corsages and boutonnieres that you make will will like it at about 40, 40 degrees. If there are tropical flowers in them though, like orchids, like dendrobium or cymbidium orchids, they prefer like 50 to 60 degrees. So a lot of times you get asked, <clears throat> should I put them in the refrigerator? Now, that's kind of a tough one because there are things in your fridge that give off ethylene gas that actually affects flower petals. So usually I say, "Mm, keep them in a cool place in the garage or somewhere at your house, like next to a really cold floor. If you must keep them in the fridge, turn it up to 40, put a couple bags around the box you put the flowers in to protect them from gases and to keep them away from any like super chilling that all of a sudden happens when the ice maker turns on. Because sometimes the ice maker turns on and all of a sudden it just gets extra cold in the refrigerator and you have frozen lettuce. And if you have frozen lettuce, that means you're going to have frozen flowers. So just something to think about. Basically that, that whole one that I just went through is you can make your own prom corsage and boutonniere if you have a cool place to store them after you make them. Okay. Next thing, you can make your own corsages and boutonnieres if the timing works to have the flowers done the night before. Most often, I find it's best to have flowers done the night before the big event. You can make your own corsages and boutonnieres if the timing works out to have the flowers done the night before. Okay, lastly, number four, you can make your own corsages and boutonnieres if you want to. Like, you really got to want to do this. After all the above, like, does this sound fun? Are you, are you like, oh, this sounds awesome. This is totally right up my alley. If so, awesome. Let's go. I mean, I want you to know how to make them. I want this to be an option for you, but also I want you to be able to discern whether or not it's the right time to say yes to making the corsages and boots. I think there needs to be a pretty solid desire to make them because even if you're just making one set of them, like one corsage and one boutonniere, You still need all the tools. You need the flowers. You need to have the conversations. You need to drive to the places to get them. You still need to set up your station. You need to set time aside to do it. So I just think you really need to want to do this. Your creative flower energy needs to be flowing pretty well, like level seven out of 10. Otherwise, I think it can be kind of stressful. That's not to say you won't be a bit nervous if this is your first time, but in general, All of a sudden, doing something you've never done before with materials you've never used before in this way can be stressful, especially when you're creating for someone else and for an event. And the product is important, right? It means something to them. The recipient has some hopes and dreams for the product, right? They want it to look a certain way. They want their friends to like it. They want to like it. They want it to look right with their dress or their suit. When you're making these things, it's 
almost like I remember being at the flower shops, kind of like you just felt like you won the lottery when whoever picked it up, like really loved it. I remember even as a florist making, I mean, even as like a person who's considers herself an expert florist, making my son's boutonniere and his date's wrist corsage for last year's prom, it was a little stressful. And I mean, I can do this stuff with my eyes closed. So you're, the thing is you're dealing with teenagers who have a lot of teenagerishness. I don't know how else to say that on board. You just never know what's going to happen. So those are some things to consider. You guys, those are four big things to consider if you're trying to decide whether or not you want to make your own corsages and boutonnieres. And remember, I'm specifically thinking of prom for this particular episode. Now, I do want to address the question, Ange, when should I definitely have the corsage and boutonnieres made by the florist? Well, this is probably a whole nother episode, but in general, like just in general, unless you're an experienced florist, I would not do corsages and boutonnieres for large weddings or large events or events for friends and family that are known to have some really specific taste or faraway destinations where you don't know enough about the flower availability and quality. I would also stay away from doing flowers if... You're an important person in the wedding, like the mother, the bride, or the groom. Oh my gosh, you guys have so much going on. Fl- Whoa, flowers, no. I mean, like, I'm just like, fly- I've seen people do it before, and it's just been, oh, the mother is just dragging, and she's so she's just not having fun. I mean, it's just, it's too much stuff to be in charge of when you're the mother of the groom or the bride of the groom, unless you're a, flor- unless you're a professional florist. And even then, I would never do it. I would have somebody else do it. Okay, next. Um... I would also stay away from doing flowers if you really want to enjoy and be present to whatever event you're going to, especially if the floral needs of the event are large. I have learned this is, it's just kind of difficult to be really good at attending something and being present and like enjoying and receiving and have a, having a great time. Um, if I'm also the florist for the big event. And again, that's from somebody who can do this pretty quickly without a learning curve. Like I've already gone through the learning curve, so I can do this stuff fast. Most non-florists have a learning curve when they're doing this for the first or second time. Even if they're really good at flowers, event flowers are different. I mean, they're timed and they have to be there and they have to look amazing. And if you're going to the event, you kind of want to look amazing too. So you need to get ready. And oh, it's just, it's kind of timing. And anyway, for the beginner, I, I highly do not recommend doing your own flowers. Um, I, I suggest gently that you put on one hat or the other and enjoy whatever hat you're wearing. If you're going to be the florist, be the florist hat. If you are going to be a person who um, is attending the wedding and enjoying themselves, put that hat on. Wear that and be that and do that. Whichever one you pick, just enjoy it. So, okay, that being said, you see, I, there could be like a whole episode about this one. But that being said, you might be going to an event where you don't know anyone except for the person having the event. You might want to be busy with flowers and design and delivery and setup and maintenance and takedown. Like perhaps you're traveling somewhere, you know no one except for this very special friend and you want to do something for them. That might be a time to put on your flower hat. There's definitely some pre-thinking required here, right? Like what kind of time do you want to have at this event? What would you like to get out of going to this event? 
there are some occasions where it made sense for me to offer my services. There are many where I wanted to just be an attendee and just enjoy and receive. Okay, so you guys, after all that, what do you think? Like, do you want to do the prom corsages, the boutonnieres? If so, keep listening. The next part is about 10 flowers that work well in wrist corsages and boutonnieres. And these flowers are um, most often they're available and they're specific to the people who want to use corsage glue. That's like my one caveat here. I am a person who uses corsage glue. I love it. It's just magical. It makes the most gorgeous things. It's also called cold glue, and it's a method of putting corsages and or boutonnieres together that I used for about 16 of my 17 years at the flower shop. It was just kind of coming onto the floral scene as I started the shop. And before that, most people are using wire and tape, which you do need to know how to do it, but the corsage glue creates magic. The corsage glue helps, especially if you're combining both of them, if you're making um, like a pin-on corsage or if you're making a boutonniere, the corsage glue can just, oh, just make it so much better. If you don't know about corsage glue or even what I'm talking about, I, I do have a link for it if you kind of want to take a look at it. Um, I have a link for it in the show notes which are on my website at angstocky.com, along with um, several other things you need if you're going to make corsages and boots. So anyway, the caveat here is that the flowers I suggest and the greens I suggest work well, possibly with taping, wiring and taping, but definitely with corsage glue. More on corsage glue later. Um, okay, so let's go. Here we go with 10 flowers and five greens that work well in corsages and boutonnieres. And remember um, that little cheat sheet I've got for you if you want to look at it or if you want to check out Instagram and look at the post that um, that is for episode three. It has a carousel where you can look at these 10 different flower images and the five different greens images. Okay. I made it especially for you guys. Okay. Number one, spray roses. Spray roses come in reds, oranges, yellows, greens, purples, pinks, burgundies, creams, whites. I mean, spray roses come in like all the colors except blue. They really don't come in blue. Um, and they don't come in like dark purple. So, or like really violet, they come in kind of a lavender, a really pretty light, light purple in general, blues and dark purples. No, but gosh, all the rest of the colors. Yes. Okay. Spray roses. And remember spray roses are small roses and they are on top of like usually five tiny roses coming out of one stem kind of like a little tree, like a rose tree. Number two is ranunculus. I feel like I talk about ranunculus all the time, but if you're new here, you might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ranunculus is a spring tuber, meaning it grows from a tuber and it kind of looks like a miniature little peony, a teeny weeny peony. That's what it looks like. Ranunculus are, um, are, they come around in the spring and, um, they're really prominent like at mother's day and right around proms. So ranunculus is great for prom corsages. White, white with burgundy tips, pink ones. They have dark and light pink. They have peach, salmon. They have reds, yellows, oranges, greens, plums, burgundies. Ranunculus comes in lots of colors. I will share this. I'm going to give you this whole list, but I will share that most of the high school kids, because they've never had flowers before, the only thing they really have heard of in their lives is roses. I mean, most, most of the high school kids that I was... Um, that I worked with over many, many years, right? Um, 
they really, they always wanted roses because that's what they could kind of attach to. They knew knew about them. They knew they were good. They knew were a good flower. And so roses are usually like a standard in some of these corsage and boutonnieres. I mean, they really are. Like if you say high school prom, I'm like, okay, for sure, let's get spray roses. Like that's why I put it as number one, spray roses. Number two is ranunculus. Those are for your kids who probably have maybe a little bit more knowledge around flowers or like really a creative heart and love flowers. Okay, number three is hyacinth. Hyacinth, um, we've talked about before. It comes from a spring bulb. You often see it with tulips and daffodils and all sorts of things, usually in spring planters, spring bulb gardens. There's whites, blues, periwinkles, purple, pink, peach. And then available. So delphinium is a tall flower. It's like a, on a stalk and there's multiple blooms about as big as your thumb, maybe a little bit bigger than your thumb, all the way along it. And so you can use, I mean, if you are using delphinium, which comes in white, blue, periwinkle, purple, light blue, um, if you're using delphinium, you can just get one stem and I mean, you can make like three or four or five or six corsages using some of that delphinium. Okay, so delphinium. And then number five is hellebore. I love hellebore. I'm clearly, if you've been listening, I'm so obsessed with it right now. It's just one of my favorites. I have, I feel like it's just this old, it's not even traditional. It's, it's really like, seems like an old world flower. Um, It's also known as Lenten rose. I like the green ones and the white ones because I think they work well in corsages and boutonnieres. I especially like the green ones because I love to add that apple green color to corsages and boots. So hellebore. Number six is orchids. Uh, The most popular orchid that you probably have seen in corsages and boutonnieres is a dendrobium orchid. It's that little white kind of, mm, it's it's, it's slight, but it's shaped kind of like a butterfly or a moth. It's not a moth orchid. It's a little bit different. Um, so a dendrobium orchid, you might need to see a picture of it on the, um, on Instagram or on this, um, little cheat sheet I made for you guys. Dendrobiums come in white magenta, light magenta, green with burgundy. There are sometimes yellow with like little pink or burgundy spots. So there's a couple different options, but the most available is the white. Normally, if you are going to use dendrobium orchids, you probably, I'm sorry, I might be talking too fast. If you are going to use dendrobium orchids, you are probably going to want to order a couple stems from the florist. Usually they're from $6 to $9 a stem. So <clears throat> that can be a little bit expensive. But if that's really important to you or whoever the prom goers are, order up dendrobium orchids. Um, number seven is orchids again, but it's another kind. It's called a miniature cymbidium orchid. And these look a little bit more hardy. They last a long time. They come in green, yellow, white. I've seen them in orange. I mean, there's some beautiful orange. There's some beautiful burgundy, but most often you're going to see the green ones, which have like a little burgundy center. You might see the yellows. The yellows sometimes have a little burgundy burgundy speckles on them. You'll see the white. Sometimes they have light pink or burgundy center. And The thing is, most often you can't really, you can ask for, hey, I'd really love this, but we, 
we, I'm saying we, we can't guarantee you're going to get it. In general, your florist is not going to be able to guarantee like, oh, I for sure can get that because they just, um, all of a sudden a stem will come in and it's not quite what you thought it was going to be. It has burgundy on it, but they asked for no burgundy, but still burgundy came. So you just have to be careful about promising, um, your prom goers, like a very specific Symbidia market. You can get some and play with them and see what happens. And if you've got some open-ended, um, corsage people that are okay with, oh, if it's this great, or if it's this one, that's great too. Awesome. I just be careful with promising. I'm always very careful with the promising. Okay. Number eight is a mini calla lily. We've talked a little bit about that because mini calla lilies, the plants right now, cause it's spring, the plants are out and they're for sale. At, they're for sale everywhere. They're at the grocery stores and at Home Depot and they're at flower shops. They're really all over there at Trader Joe's. They come in whites, pinks, yellows, oranges, sunrise oranges, beautiful sunrise oranges, lavender, burgundy, and then almost like a black burgundy. You can also order them fresh cut from your florist. So a miniature calla lily. A calla lily, remember, is kind of like a horn shaped. It's very sleek and simple and kind of a bold shape. Number nine is sweetheart roses. Um, sweetheart roses are a little different. You probably don't, we don't see them very much anymore. We usually see kind of like big fluffy garden roses, which have tons of petals, right? Those are very, those are present in lots and lots of weddings and some really beautiful uh, floral work, floral design work. Um, there's also, like I already said, number one on this list of 10, number one is spray roses. And now I'm saying sweetheart roses. So sweetheart roses work really well. They're kind of like a the size in between a spray rose, which is about the size of your thumb and like a long stemmed rose. The head is usually about the size of, let me just guess, like two of your fingers, a little bit shorter than two of your fingers. Like I'm just kind of getting the thickness or three of your fingers. Sweetheart roses are like the size of one and a half of your fingers, (laughs) at least mine. I guess I'm thinking about the thickness, like one and a half of your fingers. Maybe I should use inches. So usually sweetheart roses, like when they're open, they can maybe get to be about two inches, but they're just pretty small, two and a half inches, maybe maximum. They're pretty small. So they're just kind of like the perfect size. They're not too big. They're not too little. And they come in all the colors roses come in. And then number 10, my last one, I put agapanthus on here, which is um, a, a flower that has many tiny blooms that you can use to glue in whites, lavenders, purples, agapanthus. That's a great one. Now, gang, there are so many more blooms you can use in corsage than boutonnieres, but these are some of my favorites. These are tried and trues, and they're a little bit more promish. So I've been doing this episode with prom boutonnieres and corsages in mind. So, you know, if you said, Ange, what are your faves for weddings? Oh my gosh, I'd be like, oh, we have got like, uh, we need, we have hours. We need to talk about this. But because then I'd have to say, oh, like, do you mean spring or summer or fall? And then I'd have a whole list for each one. So, so this is really just like prom corsages. So start here. These are the superstars for corsages and boots. And if you only ever knew this list and got going with this list that I just gave you, you could build an entire business off of it. So this is truly a solid list. Here are the greens. You ready? Here are the greens. Number one, seeded eucalyptus. It's a bluish green, solid colored green, right? There's no 
variegation, but it's more like mint green in color. They have these cute little green seeds that kind of drape and you can combine the cute little green seeds and the leaves and, oh, it's just, it's, it's very popular in the floral industry. Seeded eucalyptus. Number two, pittosporum. This is a leaf that is shaped, it's like a upside down teardrop. Pittosporum grow like all over California. So if you're in California and you're listening, yes, you might have this in your yard, but they're all green or they have variegation in some varieties with creamy whites and like a mint green. So they're really pretty too. Italian Ruscus is kind of a spiky, really solid dark green. And then number four, Israeli Ruscus is also all green, but it's a little different shape than the Italian Ruscus, and it works really well. I mean, it's like it dries in place. So some of these things you really like because they're just hardy, and they can go without water for so long. Number five is Plumosa, which is a dark green, feathery green that's really soft. It almost feels like fur, and it's fun to combine you know, the ones that I just said, it's fun to kind of combine those. You can combine any of those and they would look gorgeous. You guys, that's two different lists, a flower list, a greens list. And the one list I did not give you is a filler flowers list that, you know, would be good for corsages and boots. Filler flowers are tiny flowers, usually many little blooms on a stem that are used all the time in corsages and boutonnieres. But in an effort to keep this episode somewhat short, my thought is that those of you who just want the basic stuff, you've got it here. It's a it's a winner of a list. But those of you who want to dive deeper, you are probably going to be my flower school people. I have just created a flower school, an online flower community with on-demand classes for you to learn more with me about so many of these topics. So if you want more, if you really want to learn the how-tos and you want to get good at flowers, join me inside flower school. Doors open this spring, and if you're interested, just stay tuned. As of this recording, doors are not yet open for sign-up, but I'm just putting the finishing touches on Flower School, and if you're listening to this in late April, doors are probably open. If you're listening at the beginning of April, we're just getting going. So take a peek at Instagram at Angela Flower Teacher and look for any posts that say Flower School. Okay, gang, that's it. Here's a wrap-up of what I've talked about in today's episode. You learned a little bit about how corsages and boutonnieres show up throughout our lives, often to celebrate beginnings and middles and endings. You heard some of the pros and cons of making them yourself. You got an outline, actually, of the steps you might want to follow if you're making them yourself. You received information that can help you decide whether or not you want to make your own corsages and boutonnieres. I shared with you some tools that I think are really important. And you heard about 10 different flowers and five different greens that are most often available and work well for corsages and boots. And to further solidify your learning, all the flower and greens images have been collected for you and put in one place at angstocky.com forward slash episode three flower guide. Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you are able to decide whether or not now is the time for you to make corsages and boutonnieres for your prom goers or your dance havers or your anniversary celebrators. We'll see you next time on the Flower Lovers Podcast. Bye.